Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. More than 30 years ago, I was introduced to the idea of reincarnation after my three-year-old son saw a building and told me that was where he died. It was the impetus for a lifelong fascination with the possibility that we come back over and over again. Today, we're introducing the topic and diving into some intriguing thoughts. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. When your day goes south or your relationship gets salty, you need tools that will turn it around. With decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them, Leslie Sleesman and Leslin Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm finishing a very busy week. It it was a good week for you? Yeah. Although I don't know why I just said I'm finishing a busy week because I'm going to work right after this <laughs> and then I'm working all weekend. <laughs> okay. All right. I want to um, comment on my froggy voice. I listened to um, last week's episode again this morning and I know a couple weeks ago I said I was sick and it, it really it feels like it's been lingering and even today it's not it's not top notch it's, it doesn't feel normal yeah but it's better it is definitely better yeah um, so thanks all of, of to our listeners for kind of bearing with this uh, <laughs> crackiness but I'm super excited super excited yeah about today's episode yeah I. I have a feeling this is going to be one of those episodes where I learn a lot because this is definitely an area that I'm new to. So um, I asked you, just as an introduction, as we were planning this, I recommended a book. And I'm really curious because we haven't talked about it. I'm really curious to know your thoughts. No. So, well, let me give you a little back history on my experience um, with reincarnation. And that would be nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That would be, I know, I mean, obviously I know what it is, but... I didn't really know anything about the particulars of it. Um, You'd heard the word. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I know the premise, but I don't. I didn't really know anything else. Um, so I read this book, and it's Many Lives, Many Masters, I think is the right, title. Right, by Dr. Brian Weiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I listened to the audiobook, which is very um, quick, I would say. It was a quick read. Yeah, yeah it is a quick read. It's, yeah. it's not a long book. And I was, I was, my life hack is I always listen to my audiobooks at a faster speed so I can get through more things. <laughs> so it was really, really quick for me. But, um, That's that time management. Yes. <laughs> I got things to do, people. Uh so it was it was really easy to listen to. It was very much just like listening to a story, you know, mm-hmm. just um and I I just thought it was fascinating. It's all about this doctor, psychiatrist, mm-hmm. um, and his patient, Catherine. Mm-hmm. And she came to him, I think the year was nineteen eighty, maybe. Um, she was like twenty seven, I believe, and like riddled with anxiety and all kinds of stuff. And he mm-hmm. was trying to help her work through it. And and maybe we should introduce Brian Weiss real quickly. Oh yeah, 
That's he good. he um, is a psychiatrist who was educated at Columbia and Yale. And at the time that he was introduced to Catherine, he was the chairman at Mount Sinai Medical Center in Miami. Um, and he used, as many, many psychiatrists do or did, um, hypnosis right. in order to help people with pain management. Yes. And I'm pretty sure that's part of why Catherine was seeing him. Um, it, it was a normal part. Hypnosis yeah. was a normal part of his psychiatry practice. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he kind of, you know, went down the rabbit hole, I guess you could say, with her and uh, hypnosis and asking questions and little by little by little finding out about these past lives and kind of hearing from her as different people over time and hearing about how she died in those lives and maybe why um, why in those lives like certain things affected her today because of what she'd done in the past. Yeah, and it's important to, for, for people who are listening, and I certainly encourage reading the book um, but it was the first book that he wrote about reincarnation. And it's important to know that he didn't initiate the re the uh, regression. Right. Actually, she, she went into what's called a spontaneous regression. Under hypnosis, she kind of went on her own to this place. Sometimes in hypnosis, there's a suggestion to go find a place in your mind where you can be pain-free. Mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's what he said to her, but at the end of the day, she spontaneously moved into this regression. And he, he was, and he, it's, I think it's kind of funny the way he explains, look, I'm a medical doctor right. trained in science. And this woman started talking all kinds of things that blew my mind and I didn't understand. So like a true scientist, he got curious and he started asking questions. Yeah. And one of the things that I could, you know, sort of relate to just because my husband is a, you know, researcher at a university, um, he was saying that, like, this was not something that his colleagues would have been accepting of. or This was kind of fringe kind very of stuff. Fringe. Yeah. yeah, very, very fringe. And, and I, under I understand being the spouse of someone, you know, like, what he's talking about. Like mm -hmm. there's definitely like the straight and narrow path of mm -hmm. research and, you know, tenure offers us, you know, these guys a little bit of leeway in that. And that's, you know, why that system exists. But, um, I, I definitely identified with what he said about that. Like I could see how like this would be like, um, Oh crap. Like this is not something that I'm prepared to like share with everybody. Right. And ultimately though, he changed his yeah. mind and it's pretty interesting to think that somebody with those credentials would go so far out on a limb as to put forth this ideology that people can be regressed into past memories. We're not talking about a, a, a soothsayer on the side of the road or somebody who has a big sign about tarot card readings. We're talking right. about a, a very serious professional um, individual who had an experience allowed for there to be a learning opportunity mm -hmm. and then went with it. Kind of like yeah. the people who, who attempted to sail off the flat earth, right? right. Yeah. Um, they took a chance 
and they made a discovery. And I, I've always think about it that way. Yeah. So I definitely, I thought it was interesting. I really did. I, I found it fascinating. I will probably read another book on it. We, I had asked you, you know, for mm-hmm. some more recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't know, uh, you know, because this is all pretty new to me. Like I still don't hundred percent know where this fits in with my current beliefs. And so that's something I'm exploring, but I, I think it's fascinating to learn about it. Yeah. I cool. really enjoyed it. And, and like all of our conversations, I hope that people will listen with an open mind just to initiate a sense of curiosity. Yeah. And it doesn't have to make sense right now. I mean, that's the beauty of, of learning is it, you know, you, you get one piece and then you kind of tuck that away and then you find another piece and you tuck that away. Yeah. And then maybe some, at some point, all of these pieces start fitting together in a really interesting and unique way. Yeah. And I mean, there was one point um, in the book where I, I saw, I thought, oh, okay, this really answers the question better than Christianity does for this one particular thing, to my knowledge. What thing? So in the book, I think that it really kind of answered the question of like, why do good things happen or bad things rather happen to good people or vice versa, like all these lessons, like it was basically saying, if this thing, negative thing is reoccurring in your life, it's because this is a lesson that you have to learn. And basically you have to learn this lesson in your life or you're going to come back and deal with it again. And I thought that's a little bit easier um, to understand maybe than just saying, okay, well, as a Christian, sometimes good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. And then sometimes it just makes no sense. And sometimes it's because of someone else's sin that affects you. And sometimes it's not, it's your own sin. Like, it's just, there's a lot more, um, I would say uncertainty about why particular things are happening. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was a little more like clear and succinct with the reincarnation thing. That's an interesting take. And and I think Certainly that ties into, and I hope that we'll be able to discuss that really more in more detail at some point. But, you know, it, the, I always grew up believing that the Christian doctrine said, if you want more patience, you can't just say, God, make me more patient. You have to, he'll, God will offer you opportunities to be yeah. patient, right? There will be events in your life that allow you to be to develop or foster patients. And I think that the idea behind reincarnation is that if you come back again and again and again, Mm -hmm. maybe one of the tasks that you're open or that you need to learn this time is patience. And so there will be opportunities that present themselves repeatedly until you really dive in and commit to learning that task. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I'll just say this. If Christ was the personification of everything that our soul has the capacity to achieve, Mm -hmm. then how in the heck can we be running around in one lifetime and become Christ-like? If that's our goal, if, if Christ was here to demonstrate that this is the way to God. This is the right. way to heaven. This is the way to the Lord. Then 
it makes sense to me that I need to work on that, that I need to grow love and grow my perfection in love, right? Yeah. And, and you do that over multitudes of life. But Well, my perspective would be that that's a slippery slope. And again, all of this is based on my current knowledge level, so I want to be real clear about that. But, um, you know, the more that we try to to be good people and, and put that on ourselves instead of accepting, like, the grace that Christ offered us on the cross, like, I would say that it, you have to be careful. Like, you definitely want to become more Christ-like, but you don't want to be the one, like, we don't have our own salvation. Like you, you know, if you're a Christian, you, you believe that you get your salvation from, from Jesus. But so it's, it's, that's one of the, like the nuances that I'm trying to like work out in my head, you know, and say, well, how does this fit in? Can it fit in? Can it fit in like this? Can it, you know, like just, just looking through that. But, um, that somehow for me, that, that grace part, that gift of salvation has to fit in, I think. Yeah. And, I actually probably could have a really succinct debate about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's stepping a little bit further ahead because I want to yeah. really take some time to talk about reincarnation. And and I will absolutely point out there that this is very much like religion. There's no evidence. There's no hardcore. Right. Well, that's not exactly true, but it's still subjective, right? All of these quote-unquote memories that patient one Catherine had yeah um are Catherine's memories there's no hardcore proof right that she actually had those experiences it could completely be in her imagination right right right. now having said that there's another very renowned researcher out of the University of Pennsylvania uh, I'm sorry the University of Virginia Dr. Ivan Stevenson he um, was a Canadian-born U.S. psychiatrist. So again, he's a psychiatrist who spent his career at the University of Virginia School of Medicine. Um, and he was the Department of Psychiatry for 10 years in the late 50s and early 60s. And then a professor of psychiatry all the way to 2001. Um, and he passed away in 2002. Now, he was the founder and director of UVA's Division of Perceptual Studies, which investigated paranormal things and became known internationally for reincarnation research. So UVA is a distinguished university, right? Right, yeah. And if he's going to, again, put his reputation out there, there has to be something that backs that up. Now, it turns out his research was specifically focused on death, the way that people died, and corresponding birthmarks. Well, that's interesting. Was very interesting. Now, he also, for most of his research, did not use hypnosis. He worked almost exclusively with Indian children, people from India, yeah. who had um, memories that they talked about. So, uh, so many times kids have, they say things mm-hmm. that we people poo-poo, right? Yeah. In the introduction, I talked about my son. And I, and I, so let me tell that story. Yeah, yeah, it's, I want to hear. It's really, 
pretty fascinating and that we were driving down the road and it was night and there was a building under construction. It was like a 12 story building. So you know what buildings under construction at night, mm-hmm. yeah. they, they have that hollowed out look to them. Yep. Yep. And he was maybe, maybe three, not quite three. And he was in the back seat and he got all excited. He goes, mommy, mommy, look, that's the building where I died. And I'm like, say what? (laughs) Um, I'm like, you did what? And he goes, mom, I had to jump when the building was on fire. And then I said, really? And he goes, my wife was very sad. So I was around the corner from my parents' house and I stopped in and I was a little weirded out by this thing. Uh (laughs) And, um, my parents' next-door neighbor was there, and she was a member of the um, Center for Enlightenment and Research in Virginia Beach, which mm-hmm. is um, the society, a society kind of built around Edgar Casey's work, who is a, a modern-day prophet. And she said, oh, he's just talking about a past life, so matter-of-factly that I, that I said, what? What are you talking about? I want to know more. Right. And it turns out that a lot of children say stuff like that have what is known as these spontaneous memories that we're, they don't come into the world with a belief that those are irrational thoughts, right? Or weird, right? or whatever. or weird, right? Yeah. That's our judgment. You know, right. talk about last week when we were talking yeah. about judgment. <laughs> that's our judgment. Most people say, "Oh, that's just your imagination." Mm-hmm. Most people shut it down, right? And because it gets shut down, there's very rarely a a, um, a curiosity that kind of expands. Yeah, they don't explore it. Yeah, my my youngest daughter used to say, "Well, when I was big, I got to do that." <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't remember what it was that she said that, but if I, I told her no, she'd say, "Well, when I was big, I got to do that." I can't help. I've been watching Friends lately before they pull it off of Netflix, mm-hmm. and the one have you seen the episode where Phoebe talks about her past life? No, no. And she says, I think it's she tells Joey that he's new, like he hasn't had any, but it's very funny. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It. You know, I don't know if it's real, but yeah. there's so many um, antidotal elements that point to it's a very strong possibility um that I can't ignore the the possibility well yeah my friend um this was not about a past life but you know rather about having like a child my my friend um her son got in an accident um with a car and he was hit if I'm remembering this correctly um and he he was fine like he survived uh, but they were walking somewhere and there was like a painting or a picture maybe of like what heaven was supposed to be. And he asked his mom, like, what's that? And she's like, oh, that's heaven. And he's like, that's not what that looks like. That's not what heaven looks like. Exactly. And she was like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it, and how it just takes you, it just takes you your breath away. Like, it just takes you by surprise. Like, even having her retell me the story, you know, yeah. and she probably told me that story 15 years ago. But um, it's just like, oh, my God. Like, you just want to know more about it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I'm so there was another incident when my son was little. I was really sick. And his dad died um, very young. Mm-hmm. And um, Frank was only a year and a half old when his father passed away. And so 
maybe I think he was still in his crib that he could crawl out. Yeah. So I want to say it was maybe two and a half. I had kids like that. <laughs> and um, I was really sick. And he came and got in bed with me. And I said, honey, you need to go get back in your own bed. And mommy doesn't want to get you sick. And he said, mom, my daddy told me to come and take care of you. Oh, my gosh. So, Isn't that just like, I have goosebumps. <laughs> well, and you know, what's interesting is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this context. Most people that I talk to who are Christian would open the door to that idea. Be open-minded to it because we believe in kind of the spirit life. Mm-hmm. But if we believe that, why can't we just extend the possibilities yeah. into the spirit life meaning something different than what we've kind of been taught that it means? Yeah. And again, I think this is kind of a flat earth thing. Like we've all been... We've all been um, raised to believe that this is it. It's one way, but maybe it's another way. And if we don't allow for the possibility, then maybe we're missing something. Well, I I just think that in general, like I don't know why religion is one of those things where if you if you don't subscribe to a particular religion, like if you say I'm just kind of atheist, whatever, like you can still learn about religion. Yeah, of course. You, you can still, you still learn about physics even though you might not become a physicist. Like, this is just part of, like, I think, truly, it's part of a well-rounded education. Absolutely. Especially because we're talking about something that is, like, such a huge part of many people's lives. Yes. And it's not just, you know, you don't just have friends that are Catholic or yes. you don't just have friends that believe in reincarnation. Like, you know, it's not going to hurt to just have a little well-rounded education about everything. Yeah. And, and that's just it. Get educated. And yeah. then just make a decision for yourself. It doesn't have to be. But to flat right. out say, well, I'm not even open to entertaining that information. Right. It, with all due respect, I think that's what ignorance is. Well, yeah. It's a, yeah, you just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just are in the dark, you yeah. know? And yeah. if you're not even willing to learn. Right. You know, or take time to investigate. I think that's yeah. for ignorance. There's, there's a lot of little things like this that kind of happen. Like my husband um, in particular, which this kind of makes me like just open to like there are things that I've witnessed in my own life that I can't explain. And so I just I just have that, you know, my mm-hmm. husband um, gets these feelings and and he'll say, I got my feeling today. And it's, I, oh, my heart sinks every time he says this. And thankfully it's not that often, but um, he gets this feeling, this of like, dread, and then it's confirmed. He has this particular way of confirming whether or not this is just a random feeling or a feeling that he like knows means something, which I mm-hmm. am explaining this right now and realizing that it probably sounds kooky to a lot of people, but this is totally normal in our house. Um, and so he has a way of confirming it, which I won't go into detail about right now, but um and generally speaking, after he's had this, he's usually right, and bad things happen. And, like, people have died um, in his most, like, the one that I was just like, holy <clears throat> crap. Um, he got his feeling, he's like, it's weird, I feel like maybe, like, this is, like, associated with, like, a terrorist attack of some sort. And, like, two days later, the Paris terrorist attack happened. Um, so it was weird, like he could kind of pinpoint. So what does this mean? I have no idea. Like, I don't really live my life like around the fact that this has happened. It could be nothing. It could be something, whatever. I will tell you when he gets this feeling, I'm a little extra cautious. Sure. And I would tell you that all that is, 
is the collective consciousness, which is a yeah. whole nother podcast right, topic, right? right? Yeah. What is the collective consciousness? What does that mean? Right. Is it anything? Harlan? Yeah. Harlan woke up on the morning of the um, the um, tidal wave in, P- in Phuket. Uh-huh. And he said, I am nauseous. I can't get rid of this nauseous feeling. He said, something's wrong. Uh, something's yeah. really wrong. I, I just can't get rid of it. And then the news reports started com- coming through. Yeah. And... He was an avid believer that he was intricately connected. And yeah. some people believe that empaths um, have right. those experiences because they're a part of the collective consciousness. Yeah. You know, that they have the, some people would call that um, their vibrations are at higher levels. Right, right. You know. Yeah, weird so. stuff happens all the time. I remember when Harlan was dying, when I went to see him, he would like reach up. Mm-hmm. randomly I mean it's like you know obviously he was actively dying and mm-hmm. full of all kinds of pain medication stuff mm-hmm. so who knows but mm-hmm. what if th- there was something more to that yeah what if he saw somebody what yeah. if there was a spirit like I, I have no idea which you know again just gets me so excited because I think I've read so many books about near-death yeah. experiences which again we could make another yeah. podcast can I just say to everybody who's listening, we would love some validation on whether or not you want to hear these things. Yeah, yeah. If you do, reach out to us on our new Facebook page or Instagram or our website. We do have a list of like tr- more traditional things to talk about. We, we do. have a list of we like <laughs> probably a hundred things. But, I know. Um, we really do. I mean, we'll never fun. run out of things to talk about. No. <laughs> but those are the kinds of things too that if our listeners want us to kind of debate or dive into we're certainly happy to do it yeah I wanted to introduce a doctor per year I'm, I'm not sure if I'm if I'm pronouncing that right uh, he's a clinical psychologist and ordained minister and the author of seven different books including um, the Edgar Casey primer now again he's a graduate of Stanford and UNC at Chapel Hill both really big um, colleges with a lot of prestige, right? right. So yeah. we're not talking backwoods kind of right. min, you know, unheard of things. For-profit, right. crazy. We're yeah. talking about people with credibility, right? right. He's also, um, he taught at Trinity University in San Antonio, which is a um, Christian college. And he wrote a book aimed almost exclusively about Christians who think that a belief in reincarnation is somehow wrong. And he goes to great extents to explain how reincarnation was not only a given understanding in Jesus's time, but Jesus actually taught it, or at least tried to. And I think that sometimes if you don't have context for what somebody's saying, you're not going to understand what they're saying. Right. And so today, if you don't even allow for the possibility of reincarnation, then you're not going to hear that when you read the gospel. Sure. You're not even going to, you can't possibly be open to the idea of it when you read the Bible if you haven't even entertained the possibility. But he... He really, one of the points he made is he said that a great lie was presented to early Christians as doctrine, primarily to keep the people under the control of the church. Mm. And 
that one shot at life, and if you don't get it right, you're forever damned, is very scary to the average peasant. Yes. And so why, it, it sounds like a controlling mechanism, right? Right. And if that's the case, think about this. If, if you're doomed to hell, if you don't get this life right, yeah, hell's pretty full. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the majority of the people that I know, at least, I haven't gotten it right, so I'm would probably be going to hell if that if that's actually what was happening. But right, in any regard, this idea of reincarnation, um, in this, in the idea that we might come back time after time, I can tell you. I studied with Dr. Weiss. I learned hypnosis and I learned regression with Dr. Weiss Yeah, about 10 years ago. I didn't know that. Yeah. And he is a fascinating man. And I will yeah. tell you the experience of being at the Omega Center for a week with Dr. Weiss. There were about 100 of us. Mm -hmm. And at the time, those trainings were only open to mental health professionals. Right. Um, or medical professionals, you know, some yeah. kind of... Uh, professional in the field I've never experienced more love in a room and I don't mean sex love I don't mean romantic love I mean the kind of the way you feel sometimes in church right yeah that there's just this amazing sensation yeah. of the of loving energy yeah during that training we would hypnotize people and we would get hypnotized so we just practiced on each other all of the really? time and I had a couple pretty cool experiences huh. and in one of them there is no doubt in my mind and I you know people non-believers are going to say this lady's loony <laughs> but there's absolutely no so I was a man okay and I remember looking down because one of the things that you do is always look at your feet oh and I remember looking down going oh my god I'm a man <laughs> I had on this open, this white shirt, and I had a hairy chest. And I remember thinking, this is the most bizarre sensation because I'm pretty used to looking down and seeing something else. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in that, and so I kind of spent some time in that memory. And one of the children that I'm assuming was mine yeah. turned around and looked at me. And even though that child was a little girl. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that that soul uh -huh. is my current day brother. Oh, interesting. Well, that that was one of the things that he that he had talked about in the book is that like um, that the souls like kind of travel together. Like it, you some know, people and, believe that, yeah. yeah, in a group and kind of like so someone that yeah was your aunt might be your daughter or mm -hmm. someone that was your you know friend or whoever might come back as someone else close to you just not in the same capacity. Wolger, who um, was another um, author who wrote a lot of books about reincarnation, he's a, also an American psychotherapist, lecturer, and author, educated at Oxford. I mean, <laughs> I and I. I say these things because we're not talking about quacks, and I really want to make that, yeah. drive that point home. We're talking about highly educated, very prestigious professionals. Anyway, in one of his books, he talks about the idea that we travel together in soul families. And if I'm not mistaken, it was him that used the example that if you look at, you stand at the edge of a forest mm -hmm. and imagine every leaf 
on every tree is a soul. Okay. The leaves on this edge of the forest have absolutely no affiliation whatsoever with the leaves on the from on the other edge of the forest. Right. Sure. And all of the leaves on this tree aren't connected by the energy of the tree. Right. But the ones on this branch are even closer and the ones on this twig are, are intricate are even yeah. closer still. Yeah. And I always thought that was a really great visual sure. for the idea of soul families. Yeah. Now I want to say that philosophy is not shared mm-hmm. by everybody. As a matter of fact, in the other book that I recommended, which is kind of takes a different spin, it's journey of souls, and it's about it's another psychologist who interviewed people um, over a 20-year time span, and he also went about it very scientifically. Yeah, systematically. Um, asked all of those people the exact same questions and then assimilated the answers into kind of categories. And his book, Journey of Souls, kind of gives depicts only the time that's spent in between lives in the spirit world, and they suggest a slightly different orientation that right. you don't necessarily travel in soul families but you have kind of soul comrades right and you may agree to come back together in a particular life to um work out some dynamics you know right. that you that you need to work on in this particular um lifetime it, it's so interesting to me because like just as there's different, you know, denominations and ways of looking at, like, a quote-unquote traditional religion, mm-hmm. it, it's the same applies here. Of course. Yeah. Well, and again, because we don't know for sure, right? Right. Now, I'm not sure that I ever finished talking about <laughs> Dr. Stevenson, right? And I, this is what happens. You start going down all yep. these little rabbit holes. But I mentioned that Dr. Stevenson worked with children in India, right? Yeah. Those children would tell stories. They would um, talk about, just like the way I said that Frank did. Yeah. And maybe your your friend's um, child. And they would tell stories. And then he would put a team to work to collaborate that story. Okay. And what he has 20 documented cases. Yeah. Of people who in this lifetime have a birthmark that corresponds to the way that they, the other person died, the soul died. Oh, right. 20 hardcore documented cases. And you occasionally on, like, the you know, the mainstream news sources will hear randomly stories about little kids being obsessed with, like, a World War One soldier or yes. some crazy thing like that. Yes. And, and they're, like, obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. And then the parent, like, researches and find out, oh, my gosh, that person was a, you know, a soldier in World War One or whatever. Right. Um, it sounds very similar to that. Like they're they're looking up for information to yeah, corroborate the story. Yeah. Carol Bowman is a um, psychologist in um, Pennsylvania who only really wrote about children's past lives. She, her son um, had a really violent reaction, if I'm not mistaken, to fireworks. Oh. And she kind of started investigating this and her her um understanding was is that he was he died in a war and that he was literally re-traumatized 
hearing uh, hearing the explosions of the fireworks. I was telling a friend that we were going to be recording on this topic, and and she said, "Oh yeah, I'm deathly afraid of puddles." Puddles. Puddles. She's Water like, puddles. Yeah. She's like somehow, some way, in a past life, that something happened with the puddle. That's so interesting. And that kind of leads me, I know we're we're running short on time, so we're going to pick this up again next week because we yeah. have more to talk about on it. But in the meantime, we've created a kind of a reincarnation journal. Yeah. And so we will have this available on our website yep. as a free download. Now it's probably going to be a few pages. Yes. We may even, since Leslie has a printing business, we may... <laughs> Get really motivated and print copies that you can purchase. Yeah, for a few bucks. For a couple bucks off our website. And so the, the journal is designed to get you to start paying attention to things that you might not pay attention to. Kind of like listening to your kids mm-hmm. a little bit differently, not poo-pooing them. If they have an imaginary friend, ask questions, mm-hmm. right? Instead of telling them, oh, that doesn't exist or that's not real, Maybe those kids are really just kind of bringing a different experience. I had imaginary friends. Did you? I had two, yes. Really? Yeah, they had names. Do you remember them? I do. I remember their names. I don't remember much about having them. but So we're going to pick that up in our next episode because I have some stories to tell about that too. So with any regard, we are really hoping that you will... Um, take this home and allow for the possibilities of reincarnation. Begin tracking things that feel coincidental or thematic in your life by using the journal that we've created. Yeah, and really quick, I just have this thought. So if there's anybody out there that doesn't use the Audible, Audible, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for audiobooks, and would like a free copy of this book, um, I can share it to you for free if you don't use Audible. So if anybody wants to email us and would love for me to kind of send you this book for free, I have the ability to do that. So awesome. just email us. Please. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And that's uh, that's trythisathomepodcast.com yeah. or at gmail.com. Yeah, right? gmail.com yeah. And so that's it for our discussion today. We hope we really tantalized, tantalized you and that you will share this discussion with people that you love and get excited with. As always, we're super grateful that you took time to listen. Next week, we're going to pick back up on this conversation about reincarnation, and we hope that you will join us. If you have any questions or comments, please do reach out to us at any of our social media um, or internet um, access points, and certainly subscribe or share the podcast on those places where you listen to to us now. We'd love a rating also, if you don't mind. And for now, this is Leslie and Leslin, hoping you will try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.